0: There's only one way we can start this episode. I think you know what it is.
1: Eddie Sparks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: boy. Yeah, here it is. Bam, and you say, "God damn, this is a dope jam." Um, All right. Uh, Hello, everyone. Welcome. Tell
1: him. (laughs)
0: um welcome to another episode of cranked and ranked um had a tiny little break for those of you who keep up with us every single week but we're back and um we're back with one that's gonna be fun as fuck for me anyway um it it just the vibe are already is good on this episode um uh we're going to be ranking the full well full-ish discography because there are some, we'll, we'll get into this. Yeah. <laughs> um, what we considered the full discography of public enemy um, who, in my opinion, are one of the most important hip hop groups ever. Straight up. Um, and, uh, and, and very important when it comes to the land of the rock and metal heads that we, that we live in most of the time, because I think a lot of, because of anthrax and other stuff like that, I think public enemy is a, is a hip hop group. That's more on their radar um, then Sampling some other things Slayer
1: and things like that. They,
0: they did do slam samples. Some, uh, some, I think Sabbath as well, or was that Ice tea that did Sabbath? I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're going to be doing, um, by the way, this is a show where we rank discographies in case you're new. Um, yeah. and normally we do rock and metal stuff, but every once in a while we sprinkle in a little bit of hip hop because Eddie and I are also fans of hip hop, especially the old school shit. And, um, so yeah, we're gonna be doing. Um, we kind of figured this out because you know you go to like Wikipedia and Wikipedia like has an album listed as a full length Public Enemy album that's a collaboration with somebody else, and I'm just like, all right. It, it, there's a there's a lot of little things here and there to figure out like what you would consider a full length original studio album from Public Enemy, but I think we. Uh, <laughs> Uh, figured it out that was a weird that was a weird like brain fart public um
1: someone get him a battery (laughs)
0: yeah i I mean i got it in this cup right here i'm not using my cranked and rank mug today i'm using using my wife because you know it's much it's better to look at
1: really that is that is a beautiful mug
0: it is let me tell you Um, on a mug (laughs) <laughs> so, we're, so we're, uh, so this is actually going to be a two-parter because the way we've, uh, we've mapped it out, it's actually 16 releases, albums, um, that make this up. So we're going to do, uh, the bottom eight, this episode, top eight, next episode, um, and really get into talking about public enemy. And that's, uh, that's fun. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. To, I'm always ready to do this, to talk some, uh, some hip hop, especially public enemy. Um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, man, like come was, on. Yeah, here we go again. <laughs> um so the way like the 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 things we were running into is that, you know, there are albums they did that are collaborations. Yeah. Um and then they have two albums that are essentially like compilations that include new songs and other things. And originally one of those wasn't included as one of their full length albums. And I was like, well, fuck that, put that in there. Because to me, if you're going to, there's all these, you know, we'll get to that when we talk about those albums, but I'm like, if you're going to put one, you got to put the other. And yeah. so I feel like we've got the the most definitive list of the full length public enemy albums. And so. Yeah, I'd say um, so.
1: If you're excluding like collaborative um, albums, I think we've got a solid 16 album yeah. run here. That we can work with,
0: I I would agree. And and look, previously we the last group we did was Rush, and just like with Rush, this is a a, a a discography where I to me there's no bad albums, and the the only the only thing that made things stick out as being less good is listening to them back to back next to each other. Yeah. Um. And because you put any any one of these albums on on its own, and it's a banger. Mm. So um, it's a really difficult. Uh, discography to rank, but as we normally do, let's start off by talking about where Public Enemy came into our lives and um, mine. This is one of the few um, examples where uh, my older brother was actually the person, and he didn't. It was it was inadvertently because he was not really a hip hop fan. I think the hmm. only hip hop my brother ever owned was he owned the 12 inch for Push It by Salt and Peppa. That's all. He, that's all he had. <laughs> Um, and then, and so, but he ended up, I guess from his job, cause he worked at a CD slash video store. He got a compilation in like 1990, I believe there was a compilation of what would be considered alternative music. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't just include rock, it, you know, it included everything from your softer indie rock all the way to like this hip hop that I guess would be considered alternative, I guess, because it was socially conscious. I don't know. But, um, on that compilation was the song, welcome to the terror dome Whoa. by public enemy. And I was just like, and I was already into hip hop, but I was into the stuff that was on the radio. I was into, you know, run DMC, LL, cool J, beastie boys, Houdini, cool Mod, um, yeah. things like that. Um, but I, and I knew the name public enemy, but I don't think I'd ever heard them. And that song came on and I was just like, this is probably the best hip hop song I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> and even to this day, it's still one of my favorites. And, uh, and I think the only other hip hop on that compilation was Third Bass, which Third Bass is also fucking great. But um, so that was my introduction. And then um, soon after that, the album uh, uh, Apocalypse 91 came out, which was interesting because that album came out and that coincided them doing the, the song with Anthrax. So it was almost like my world's, you know, converged yeah really quickly like i discovered who public enemy were and then i was like oh shit and there's (laughs) and there were anthrax (laughs) they're even cooler than i fucking thought
1: um and so that was it and i've been a fan of theirs ever since How, how about you for me this is another one of actually this is a combined this is this is not only one video game that that showed me public enemy but but two two all right and the first one was the uh It was the Zach Wilde version of Bring the Noise, where like it was, um, it's a version where like he plays guitar and it's like a bit slower and stuff, but like they've, they've got, you know, Public Enemy over the top. It's kind of a remix, but with like riffage in it. But is it,
0: is it like the original Public Enemy version? He plays guitar on top of it or the Anthrax one?
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, it's like a completely different, like new version with like new guitar parts, all sorts like completely redone from the ground up, and it's a cool version. Okay. I th- I think it was done for like a, I think it was done for like a WWE, in entrance song or something. Okay. I think that's yeah. what it was for, but I remember hearing it on uh, the Guitar Hero Five soundtrack, and it was at the time I was a rap fan getting into. Hard rock and heavy metal. So because, because
0: like, as we heard on another episode, you used to have posters of Eminem and and whatnot on yeah, the
1: wall. Yeah, yeah, Eminem and I think there was a Dr. Dre poster as well. Um, yeah. Or actually, no, I think it was Eminem and Dr. Dre on the poster. The two for. Uh, yeah. Uh, right next to a South Park poster. Uh, <laughs> but uh that that is very
0: early 2000s of you yeah
1: (laughs) in 2009 (laughs) well Um, still but yeah yeah no but like yeah i was i was very early 2000s in the late 2000s which is funny because
0: south park Eminem, both things that are still very popular today so you know there you go
1: i've i've maintained relevancy man i I never fell off (laughs) i i did (laughs) (laughs) there was uh but well what was the other song? And uh, ah, "Rubble Without a Pause" is in GTA San Andreas, and yeah. it's and it's on the radio station in the game, hosted by Chuck D. Oh, Ch- Chuck D is the radio host on that station, but he, plays- he he does
0: like it's like original shit. Like he did
1: a voice uh, on the game. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that, that's fucking great. He he plays the radio DJ on that station. And wh- he, wh- like, do
0: do you think? The Chuck D has the best voice in hip hop because he's he, he's got if, if not the best he's top three yeah I definitely. don't know like he's he just has one of those voices that the dude talks and you're listening whether yeah. it's rapping or talking whatever like the dude I, is very commanding
1: I've got it in a note here I can't remember what, what it is but like there is I I did mention like throughout this entire discography there is not a single moment he doesn't sound like he means what he's saying. He like he, 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 he had wrapped the phone book and it yeah. would sound really important. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's that's the thing. Um, and uh, I was think I was actually talking with uh, my band about doing Public Enemy for Cranked and Ranked, mm-hmm. and we were, we were all saying the dude's got. You like
0: mean a- your your band knows who I am?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, score! I finally yeah. made it. Yeah, man. We right. we are we, we're, we're intertwined. What we're, we, Does your this, does your band have a name yet? This whole thing, you you're, you're going to be the band's flavor Flav. You're going to come on stage with like a clock around your neck and just yell "Yeah, boy!" every now and again.
0: Actually, I would like to just be like one of the S1Ws and stand on stage like with a machine gun and just <laughs> yeah. and occasionally like change posi- positions. That would that would be more my kind of thing. I don't want to have to like you know, I'm 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 old. I don't have that much energy. Flavor, I don't know how Flavor does it now. What is he sixty? That's shit, man. I mean, ugh, the the
1: the dude is immortal. He's someone else. <laughs> but like, I've I've even been watching like episodes of Flavor of Love for this <laughs> just to get ready. I'm yeah. sorry, you were talking about talking to your band
0: about this, and I totally interrupted you.
1: Yeah, no, I was I was just saying I was just saying, G. Um, <laughs> see, see, I've like started to adopt. Flame's vernacular, into my own which we, vocabulary. which as
0: as you as you mentioned before we started this episode, that it that it, it's it's perfect because I, I would play the Chuck D role with how I'm presenting myself and everything, and then you <laughs> yeah. are more of the the
1: wild card flavor, flavor, hype man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I love that uh, that Eric Andre interview, Flav, flavor, flavor, did that time. Did you ever see that? Probably I don't
0: his stuff is so so bizarre (laughs) that I will see it and then forget what it was about.
1: (laughs) There's just a part where like everybody's touching flavor flame and he's like, Okay, okay, I I'm gonna fight you G and then immediately Eric gets up, takes off his jacket, and he flames sits back down and goes, Okay. And And then and then he and then he takes like the fucking desk apart and it's a bathtub underneath and he's like that motherfucker's not joking, <laughs> and Eric gets naked and gets in the bathtub. It's fucking hilarious. But um, yeah, where where was I? I was saying yeah, we were just talking about how Chuck D has like, you know, I I would actually say he is a contender for like pop dog when it comes to hip hop voices because it's so um, commanding. You know, you know, when someone and, d- has- and just
0: not just not just voice, but delivery as well. Yeah, like it's like there, you know, there are a lot of really good rappers out there. And some rappers are are really beloved because they have kind of a style, even though they might be a little bit mumbly, not mumbly, like in the sense of like m- the recent mumble rap type shit. But I'm talking about you that- know, there, are people, <laughs> there are people with a way more loose kind of vibe, but Chuck's like I guess it depends on your taste because I grew up on old school shit. I like, you know, I, I like rappers like that that are that just you know. It, it seems like every word where the syllable of the word hits is, you know, meticulously planned out and mm-hmm. perfectly executed, like exactly yeah.
1: where it needs to go. That's great. It, he he is a precision instrument of rhyming. Like the yeah. dude, yeah. the dude is fucking awesome. And still so, sounds great today. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah. On their most recent album, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about at some point. So let's, well,
1: let's, let's, yeah, let's get do into it. this. Yeah, yeah let's we got do eight, this.
0: We got eight to talk about on each episode, so let's jump into it. And as usual, I throw it over to Eddie Sparks to start us off. Um, what's your number 16 Public Enemy album?
1: My bottom pick for this ranking, and it is pretty much here because it's more of just a, a standard... 2000s hip-hop album rather than something that jumps out to me as definitively public enemy and that is new world odor <laughs> say, say, uh, yeah. say, say
0: say that say it again new
1: new, new world new world odor. odor
0: yeah that that title always fucks with me yeah and he, and even in the song when he says it I'm all like is he saying it wrong what is wrong with with how it that sounds new world odor <laughs> it's
1: I mean, he doesn't say it like that. That would be stupid. Nobody I mean, would ever listen
0: to Public Enemy if that's how he sounded.
1: I mean, we're a couple of white dudes, man. We can't pull it off.
0: But, but, I, but I do have I do have to admit, we're going to have a running thing here, especially in this episode. And I don't mean to, you know, I love Public Enemy, but there are a few albums that are contender for worst album title ever. <laughs> I think New World Odor,
1: Odor. Is, is up there. Could be the worst. But even so, like, when I hear the song, I'm still convinced, you know? That, that again, ties into, like, his delivery. It's like, he can make something that obviously we can't, for the life of us, make sound cool. He just fucking nails it like it's nothing. Um, You know, it opens with that, like, cool hyping up intro, you know, and no one broadcasted louder than intro. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. New World Order. Uh, I feel I feel embarrassed now that we've drawn attention to it when I say it. New World Order. Order. It's really I hard to New say. New World. It. Order. Oh, see that that wasn't too bad. That's pretty good. That was pretty good. I'm gonna leave it there because I kind of fluked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a it's a pretty cool song. Like airy but bassy. You know, mm. uh, bring that beat back. is a bombastic track. I like this one. Uh, sixty-six point six strikes again is a fun callback to fear of a black planet album. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Which we, which I'm guaranteeing. We're not talking about that album today. <laughs> oh, For sure.
1: For sure. Nah, that's far down the line. Um, but yeah, then, then we get, uh, war which is, uh, M M K L V F K W R. Love, yeah. fuck war, uh, power to the people. Cause the people want peace. Damn right. Um, it's very very appropriate today, don't you say? You
0: know, make yeah, make love, fuck war, you know.
1: Yeah. We want we, peace.
0: We do. Anyone with half a brain wants peace. Yeah, so let's keep going.
1: Th- this decade's proven to be a shit show so far, so let's hope it let's hope it turns around. Yeah. yeah. Um but what a fool believes, uh <laughs> man has the power. <laughs> you knew I was gonna do that. <laughs> That's the that's the
0: that's the only song on this album that I shake my head at because it's really it is I, poorly put together. Like it's like the the faux rock thing that's going on there, but yeah. they didn't even. It's like they didn't know how to mix it properly, and so it just sounds like they're rapping over somebody's really badly produced demo that they did in their bedroom. <laughs> and there's a few tracks here and there on some of their later albums that I'm like, who who okayed
1: this? <laughs> and that's that's one of them. That being said, I did I did kind of like the rage meets AIC, uh, Allison Chains. I, I typed it as AIC as if to say Allison Chains kind of vibe, uh, but I kind of It's because
0: we're cool. We say we're, AIC. Yeah. Allison Chains takes too long to say.
1: B. LOL, Rufflecopter. <laughs> 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 fucking, uh, man. Text <laughs> slang used to be so cringed, didn't it? <laughs> I was uh, like, there's
0: no way it's gonna catch on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> but that's the thing, like I love I love how like it, people say lamau out loud now. And it's like it, just 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 laugh. Just laugh, dude. Like that's what that means. <laughs> I mean that, that's kind that's kinda bullshit
0: because if you're saying lamau, you're not laughing out loud, so shut the fuck up.
1: Yeah. And you're certainly not la- your your ass is still attached. You're not laughing it off.
0: L O T I laughing on the inside. Just start saying oh. that.
1: <laughs> uh, not uh,
0: n-l-a-a not laughing at all <laughs> We're getting hung up on some shit c-y-s-a-f cause your shit ain't funny oh
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got we got makes you blind yeah, that's a very early 2000s rap feel to it uh, Preach into the quiet uh, spooky groove kind of vibe on this one uh, e- either we together or we ain't. S one W instrumental A bit, a bit of an interlude going on there. Uh, Revolution. Uh, it's a clever track that you know references the Dennis Brown track Revolution, mm-hmm. which appears on the reggae station in GTA San Andreas. Ah, see another reason why that game has one of the best soundtracks of all time. I'm willing yeah. to I'm willing to put it up there with like classic movies in terms of incredible soundtracks. I,
0: I feel like at this point there should be like a like an XM radio station that just plays tracks that are off those games and that's all they play because it seems like there's enough go, enough content there that they could just rotate all the different stations from the different games and then that be that be the whole vibe. It'd Maybe there fun. is one out
1: there somewhere. It'd be insane. It's it. Rockstar Games know how to put together a selection of songs. But yeah, um, check what you're listening to. It's just more decent hip hop, you know. But again, Mm -hmm. I'm used to Public Enemy giving me absolute fire, you know. And and this is is good. Um, As long as the people got something to say. Again, the message is good, but they've done better things that stand out more in their discography. Y'all Don't Know has a cool feel to it. Either you get it by now or you don't as an interlude. And then you get like the longest song they ever did by a long shot, which is Superman's black in the building. Massive 12 minute closer.
0: To me, it's that's the best track on the album. Yeah. I've always really enjoyed it. I always enjoy it when they do something weird because Mm -hmm. it really shows that they are a group that they're not tied to any traditions or any particular way of thinking. And if something doesn't quite fit into that hip hop mold or whatever, when it comes to, incorporating music or song structures in general they're just like fuck it why who who cares and i love it when they do that
1: yeah it's it's a really cool like they're a group again that isn't afraid to step out of their comfort zone and they do that quite a few times um throughout this Again, like I say, my issue with this album is how non-definitively public enemy it sounds. You know, it's like it's just a standard 2000s hip hop album that happens to have public enemy on it. You know, Um, and that's and that's why New World Order is my (laughs) 16th.
0: (laughs) Um, All right. My number 16 is uh, I have similar thoughts about it being kind of your average hip hop of the time. Um, Not very special in a lot of ways, but also this is the one that kind of bums me out because a lot of it feels a little bit undercooked. Mm -hmm. Uh, My number 16 is man plans. God laughs from 2015, Mm
1: -hmm. which is
0: their shortest album. 28 minutes long. It's shorter than rain and blood. Like that's a
1: short album.
0: Yeah. So this was like, this is their 13th album or 13th ish, depending on what you're counting. Um, but here's the thing, like 28, I am, I'm, I'm I've said on many videos on my channel that I love shorter albums, yeah. you know, 28 minutes is fine with me. 35, for, I, I think 45 minutes should be the maximum amount of time for an album. 25, maybe the shortest, maybe give yeah. me at least 25 minutes of material. Um, so I have no problem with the length of the album, the problem is that there's still like a good number of songs and a lot of them are 2-minute songs that just feel like there was an idea that that really didn't get developed as much as it should have been. Yeah. Um and I and the way that the songs have always hit me, like I said, if you listen to this album on its own, it's an enjoyable album, but compared to things happening around it or even things from the past that Public Enemy had done, even the the tracks that they're rapping over, mm. it, it, they feel like they were kind of just like, that's, that's fine. Throw it out there. And be, so the whole yeah. vibe. Had, yeah. So it's weird because there, there are some really cool moments on this album, but I almost feel like it's just the foundation of a great album. Like there's the, yeah. the foundation is there, but everything just feels so like thrown together. And then ideas weren't really thought through um, as, as much as they should have been. Um, that being said, you know for being their worst album i still i still dig it but um it's got the the least amount that i can seek my sink my teeth into when it comes to their stuff when it comes to memorable tracks or just whatever odd little things they throw in here and there there's like really none of that it's real to the point but not in a great way for me yeah um, so I'll that'll this is their shortest album this will be my shortest review um, so <laughs> <laughs> number 16 man plans God laughs
1: yeah it's, it's certainly got like a you know you could have added like a, a an extra minute onto each of the songs to, to flesh them out more sure very few of them I don't think there's I think one song goes above three minutes the rest is like you know, between two and three minutes but yeah yeah and i think yeah. the
0: one that's over three minutes long is that one where he's rapping over a honky-tonk woman by rolling stones and i'm like yeah this wasn't the best idea in the world but okay
1: okay <laughs> <get Hey>, <laughs> I'll, I'll say i got to see public enemy i got to see chuck d in a cowboy hat that made my day the video to that is 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 pretty cool yeah, uh, it, it put a smile, on my face. a smile on my face. I must admit, yeah, I had a mild stroke there. I do apologize.
0: <laughs> That's all right. We'll be back on track. What? Back on track? I can't. I, oh, what is? Sh- the- it's contagious. Right, you know what? You know what? We're canceling this episode. <laughs> Bye, everybody.
1: <laughs> um, let's move on before we really fuck things up to number fifteen. Cool. So, uh, my number fifteen is Revolver Lucian. And my reason Also also
0: that, contender for one of their worst album titles. Yeah. <laughs> Re- Revolver the, the
1: the shame of it is the new songs on it are really good. However, I had to dock it quite a few points because a sizable chunk of this album is remixes of existing songs and live versions of songs. So I've got And it in PSAs. My notes. Yeah, PSA, and then a,
0: conver- a phone conversation at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah, there, there's actually like not a lot of like new new material here, so I'm gonna yeah yeah gonna dive right in. Um, gotta give the peeps what they need. Love that beat, uh, Revolution, r- rough and harsh hip hop as they do so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get a live version of Miuzzi weighs a ton. Uh, Put it up is a shout along track. They really know how to do like impactful gang vocals. Um, Can a woman make a man lose his mind? Is a catchy track. Uh, and then you get PSA one. Yeah, there's a there's a positive message, you know, to the kids. Um, then you get a live version of Fight the Power. Uh, by the time I get to Arizona, the Mole Man mix. Uh, yeah. A remix, you know, and then you get a post-concert Arizona interview. They, they like including interview segments on the albums, and I think that's cool. That- I,
0: I've, that's the thing, is they've always sort of, like, thrown the idea of what you can do on an album out the window a lot of times, and in this particular album, they threw it completely out the window and said, fuck it, why, why does it gotta be a particular way? We'll throw whatever we want on this, and yeah. it'll be our album.
1: Yeah, and, like, in terms of enjoyability, I really enjoyed this album but I need to be in a certain mood for this album, you know, Mm -hmm. um, son of a bush. I wonder who this is about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, five, four, three, two, one. Boom. Uh, this, this one's groovy. I I like it. Me likey. Uh, welcome to the terror dome live version. Kick ass song. Uh, B side wins again scattershot Remix. There's a remix uh get your shit together. You you can tell that this is like a 2002 protest album vibe. Yeah. Um yeah. then you got PSA2 about Black History Month. Awesome. Let let the people know. Yeah. Uh, shut shut them down. The functionist version. This could be a record breaker for the most like bracket songs on an album so far. It kind of cheated its way in with the remix remix thing, but yeah. yeah. Uh, nowadays, cool. Uh, Public Enemy, number one. Geronimo, Geronimo Punk's redo. Uh, Wild Techno remix. Uh, the Making of Burn, Hollywood Burn is a fun phone call interview type thing. Uh, Got to give the peeps what they need. Paris revolver revolutionary mix. Is a remix of the
0: opening so that, track. So you, you realize that that's a remix of a song on this album. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty bold, right there. It's like there's remixes of classics, and then let's just remix the first song you heard on this album.
1: Yeah, and and then you get, and then you get uh, what good is a bomb, and it's like these guys heard Rage Against the Machine, and we're like, we want we want some of that oh, action.
0: Yeah, Wait, I mean, who who didn't? You
1: know? it, I I know but it it's you know it's 2002 you're reeling off of the reactionary response to 9/11 and you're like the world needs a rage song but rage ain't here right now so let's let's do it and I'm all yeah. for it uh mm-hmm. cool album but a sizable chunk is remixes and live versions so I had to dock it a few places uh, mm. where it it were all of this new, it would be quite high, but yeah, uh, that is my number fifteen. Number awesome. fifteen. You ever, my you, ever, you, ever heard, you ever heard that meme that uh like Chills guy is called? He's, he's called Chills, and he's uh he's like a top ten kind of YouTuber, but he's got a very distinctive voice. And there's one where it's like top top fi- top fifteen like. Reddit urban legends or something. And no word of a lie. This is what the dude sounds like. Number 15. Burger King foot lettuce. (laughs) The last thing you'd want on your Burger King burger is someone's foot fungus. But as it turns out, that might be what you get. (laughs) It's like, it's it's really hard to explain. But when you watch it, you will you will piss yourself laughing. Did you just say
0: he's a top 10 YouTuber? No, he, he does like top tens. Oh, I was like, I mean, he probably has hundreds of thousands of of subscribers and I'm here fucking actually
1: (laughs) trying my best. In fairness, he (laughs) is, he is massive. Like, I think he's in the millions subscriber wise, I think, but like, okay, that's, you know, he is the textbook definition of like putting a red circle in the thumbnail. It's like, whoa, like and and then the weirdest, most distinctive voiceover work that you just can't pin down as to why you can't look away, but for some reason it works. But yeah, sometimes I
0: feel like I should be taking more advantage of gullible people on the internet, and my yeah. my videos should have all pictures of me shocked and little captions that say "He said what?" Yeah, <laughs> and and then I would get hits, and it really it's just me going, "Hi, let me talk to you about this album." <laughs> and there's nothing, nothing controversial at all. Anyway, um, so for my number fifteen, it's interesting because some of this will be me kind of reverting how I feel about albums and stuff. Because like, I, there's certain things that I normally feel about things that I have to say end up becoming the reverse on this album, and I'll get, I'll, I'll explain. Uh, my number fifteen is "Nothing Is Quick in the Desert." Uh, from 2017, cool, which is their 14th album. Um, so here's the thing: the the album cover is very similar to their next album that would mm-hmm. come out, you know, in 2020. There are tracks on this album, a, a, a good number that are also on the next album. Some of which have been uh, re-recorded, some of which remixed, some I think are exactly the same, but. For some reason, like, you know, the way that Nothing is Quick in the Desert plays out, while it does have some good tracks, the overall usage of those songs isn't as good as they end up being used on the next album. So normally yeah. I'd be like, quit reusing your shit. But they they did. And I'm I'm much more a fan of that album than I am of this album. So that's already kind of weird.
1: Yeah, yeah. It kind of weirded me out as well like you know with like the similarity of the album covers I kind of thought yeah. they were going for like initially when I looked at it I was like oh did they, did they do like a concept thing where like one is the first part of a story and then the second is the you know part 2 I thought you know we had a keeper of the seven keys of like hip hop sort of situation but nah, unfortunately it, no it, it it's actually like it's almost like they looked at it and went, "Oh, we can do better than that." And yeah. then and so and then they did. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, they did.
0: And so <laughs> um and so I, and, and so we might get into more of the comparisons when we get to that other album, but for this one I'll kind of be short with it. Um so and I don't and I I do if I remember right, I think Nothing Is Quick in the Desert was like an internet only release and when i say internet only i don't even think it was released to like apple music or spotify i think it's just i think it's just on Bandcamp, and maybe you can find it on their youtube channel now there's actually Um, quite
1: a lot of their albums that aren't available on spotify like most of their in actual fact i think all of the stuff released in the 2010s isn't on there um, There's a couple,
0: I think, or on Apple Music anyway. But yeah, um, but yeah. So so on this particular one, like the big thing about this album is that it, it has some cool songs. Most of those cool songs are on the next album, which all all together as an album is way better done than this album. And but it does have some cool ones. So I mean, I couldn't let this 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 one couldn't be dead last because it's still got good shit on it. It's just that they'll take this good shit and make a much better album with it. Um, so I won't even... I'll just leave it at that. That's my number 15. Nothing is quick in the desert.
1: Cool. So I'm, I'm going to take it back uh, to uh, my number 14. I I did... Everything in that sentence was in the wrong order. I do apologize. I'll try again. For my your number, number f- 14, <laughs> I have... Uh, I'm, I'm going to bring it back to one that you've talked about. Man Plan's... God laughs. All right, cool. Um, so, no sympathy from the devil. He somehow manages to like blend old school and modern hip hop quite seamlessly. That's a pretty cool opener. Uh, me to We. Hell yeah. Uh, man plans. God laughs. Funky while also having like big epic parts. <clears throat> Give Peace a Damn is real groovy. Uh, those who know know who like there's a really interesting synth sound going on in that song mm-hmm. then you got uh, honky talk rules uh, I love the video to this uh, I wrote here in my notes I love the video to this video I love the video to this song <laughs> <laughs> um, again like I say seeing Chuck D in a cowboy hat made my week but I like that even this uh, late in the game they're still you know stepping out of their comfort zone doing some you know for, for, a uh, for like inner city black dudes to do a country kind of song, it's, it's an interesting take. And I, and I, and I, it was real refreshing to my ears to hear at this point. Um, uh, mine again, love those keyboard stabs. Lost in Space music has like an old school feeling beat. Really like that. Uh, Core Plantationopoly, uh, sometimes less is more in a beat, maybe not in a song title as it taught me here, but you know, (laughs) anyway, uh, uh, earth is in, uh, those backing vocals are real cool. And, uh, praise the loud cool closing track. It's a short album, less than half an hour in length. And most of the songs aren't even three minutes in length. It's cool. But like you, I, I do feel like this could have been fleshed out a little more. Mm hmm. But I do think that the album cover is pretty cool. Like there's yeah. something there's something weird about it that looks kinda like uh it looks like a vaporwave album cover from hell. <laughs> you know? It's got like a lightning bolt hitting the chess piece. And uh, yeah. I like it, but not nearly as much as stuff further up.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do the same thing for my number fourteen. I'm going to talk about one you've talked about: uh, "New World Odor." <laughs> <laughs> new World Odor. New World Odor from 2005, their ninth album. Uh, I'd say this is the worst album title. It's, new, it's <laughs> new every time I look at it. New World Odor. It's bad. Um, this every is time a pretty- I pretty
1: say it. I die inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this,
0: when it, this album is one that like it ends up being here because it's. It's a, it's a it 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 has good things about it, but it's got so many flaws Hmm. sprinkled in with the good the parts that it's a little bit odd to listen to. And to and honestly, the number one thing on this album that it might be to me the worst track that Public Enemy ever did. It's the collaboration with Moby. Um, Really. And it's Moby's fault. Like here, can can we in 2022 just admit that Moby never made good music? It is like that period of music. Give me a minute for a tangent. That period of music can go fuck itself. Like (laughs) fat boy slim. Nothing good ever came from fat boy slim. Everyone was listening to it because the music videos were quirky. It's like, it's, it's complete shit music. We're, we're starting so many beefs on this episode. Fuck, fuck that. Like, just because you have a couple of cool things in the area, like Prodigy and things like that, doesn't mean that everything that is electronic, that just has one phrase repeated over and over, and it doesn't mean it's all good. But, like, everybody ate that shit up like it was fucking amazing. And I'm just like, this is bullshit for the most part. And Moby, to be fair, I saw Moby in concert one time. It was for free. But I still thought he put on a really good show, but so much of his music is, I'm just like, Oh, you are such a boring dude. And your music sounds like you're a boring dude. And so he took that boring dude vibe and public enemy raps over it. (laughs) Like, it's just, (laughs) it's just, I can't stand it. It's, but it's, but you know, I guess it's better than it would be if Moby was singing on it. So, um, anyway, love you, Moby. Um, (laughs) (laughs)
1: So, stop! So new- stop! He's already dead.
0: <laughs> new World Odor has some great tracks on it, Um, and it's got some okay tracks on it. It's got some really well produced tracks on it. It's got some pretty poorly produced tracks on it. Like I talked about earlier with that the the weird metal flirting song.
1: What the a mix is believes. pretty fucky. On it's that, real yeah. clumsy
0: and chunky and, and clunky, not chunky. Well, I mean, if it was chunky, that'd be good. It was clunky sounding.
1: Um. Sounds like, I a, saying, sounds like a fucking restaurant for like kids, like a Chuck E. Cheese, like a Chunky Clunky. A Chunky Clunky. <laughs> you going down to Clunky Chunkies, dude? That's
0: actually sound. I mean, I, I, I don't even know. I don't know what kind of food that would be, but I'll go there. <laughs> clunky Chunkies. It would be. A, it would be a. It'd be a chicken place. Have our yeah, have yeah. our salad made out of Twinkies and M and Ms. And the tables are edible. Oh,
1: everything's edible. The
0: menus, the playground, even the staff characters. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is, just try to sink your teeth into it. Nobody will care. Um. Anyway, that sounds like actually a pretty cool idea. That'd be a really expensive restaurant, though, because every day, every like hour, you'd have to replace
1: all the furniture and all the shit because the kids would just eat everything. You'd need like a medic on site for the fucking waitresses that have their arms gnawed off because everything yeah. is edible.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, maybe we'll push that idea down the line a little bit when we can invent <laughs> some synthetic people that can be eaten. Then you know, that's the dream, really. You <laughs> that know, seems unethical. that's the people are people are making these like fuck dolls and shit. And I'm all like fuck that. When can we? When can we get a person we can eat? That's what I want to know. Anyway, uh, Jesus. Anyway, so yeah. So overall, New World Odor, is uh, it's got to be their most uneven and kind of lackluster album, in my opinion. But like, it's got some stuff that's that are, are genuine bangers on here, and then some of it, it seems like that you know most of the time I would say in the majority of the Public Enemy catalog, there seems to be a great consideration for the tracks that are underneath the vocals whatever they've decided to put there whether it's the bomb squad or whoever it is they got producing their stuff it seems like they're they're usually they take a lot of care in like well what's going to go under these vocals but there's so many songs on this one where i go did they even really think about it or just you know we we have another track um just throw some vocals on this and then throw it on this album um yeah but yeah there's a there's a lot of that but um um, but I, I think I said before when you talked about it that the very last track, which is Superman's "Black in the Building," is the is the one that like pretty much kept this from being last because I'm like, man, saved that song's great, and it's just and it's just because it's got a really cool vibe. Chuck's vocals are great, but then it does this weird thing where it shifts gears like about three minutes in and it gets slower and it just keeps going for like eight minutes yeah. and it's just a vibe and I'm just like sometimes a vibe is really cool and um so yeah so it's like it's got it's good parts it's got it's bad parts but overall it's the album that makes me feel the most like uh when I'm (laughs) listening to it and even the title it sounds like the title New World Odor it sounds like you're saying something wrong and it sounds like this (laughs) album could have been way better and so that's why it's um my number 14
1: cool so my my number 13 is Nothing is Quick in the Desert Brackets. Apart from maybe one thing, a dune buggy.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not really the title.
1: I, I, it should be. <laughs> Otherwise, it's wrong. Like, dune, dune buggy goes fast. I love how we're matching up on a lot of
0: these in the in the same vicinity. It's kind of interesting. We're
1: we're in the, we're in a zone. We're zoning it. Yeah, we are. As Phil, as thank f- you. As Phil Towell would say. <laughs> uh, um. But yeah i'm gonna jump straight in uh nothing is quick in the desert the beat is noise uh, I, I love that descending bell thing going on that's really cool um yeah. sp, z- and sp- pe- eek, uh, is it because it says p e as in public enemy but like the rest the rest of the letters are lowercase for those of you who don't know just, um,
0: just so, some song titles are meant to be read and not spoken
1: and I'm here to violate that law. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they're going in hard as usual. Um, Yesterday Man, riff. I love the riff in Yesterday Man. That is killer. Uh, Exit Your Mind is an interlude kind of track. Beat them all is a great track. Smash. But see, the these crowd. are all
0: songs. That I'm like, yeah, it's so great when it's on the next album.
1: <laughs> yeah, this th- this here is like a, a prime example of how an album sequencing can affect the enjoyability of a song. You know, if you are listening to certain things in an order, if you get it just right, awesome. But if something's off, you're not in the same kind of mindset. It, it's weird how like psychologically that works yeah and i guess i guess your ears just kind of like things a certain way um where where was i if you can't join them beat them kind of a, a callback to uh yeah yes yeah, yeah. it is cool um so be it that beat sounds fierce in that little turnaround uh sock med digital heroin slow nasty groovage terrorist uh, as in terror wrist wrist because 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 that's a good one is, yeah and that um, one's not on the next album It it isn't and that's it, but it, the the next one is is better so you know I'll, I'll take i'll take i'll take it uh toxic is a cool song sells like teens hear it <laughs> trap hats and flave hell yeah <laughs> yeah uh and then resting beats part one and two is a great closer, you know. I, I, it's kind of a tribute track, and uh, which
0: they the do le- again, yeah.
1: And <laughs> the, le- the legacy continues on and on and on, yep. Uh, it's again cool, yeah, but it, it was literally done better three years down the line, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's kind of like the building blocks of. A much better. This is this is almost like a first draft, and then, um, the one that came after it. Uh, yeah, racking my brain. I don't think I've ever uh, read what are you anything. Do when the grid goes down.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't think I don't think I've heard or read anything where Chuck or anyone acknowledges like why that is, like why they decided to have you know, a similar album cover, some of the same tracks, like what was the, what was the purpose? What was the thought process? But
1: I um, think, I, th- I think maybe they thought, uh, sorry, I, I cut you off there. That's okay. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, maybe they thought, you know, because it was 2020 and a lot of things, especially like, you know, with the George Floyd thing and everything was popping off and it really came, yeah. uh, became a big news thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, tr- Trump was still the president. There was a lot of, like, a lot of racial unrest. And the, I feel as though they did a lot of really cool stuff. And they thought, ah, this is actually even more culturally relevant now. So let's just yeah. give this a second wind and, you know, put some, some modernized versions of, of older songs on it. Sequence it a little differently. Put some new ones on there. It it really is one of those cases where like the sequel outdid the original in like yeah. almost every way. Um, so yeah, that is my number thirteen. Nothing is quick in the desert apart from a dune buggy.
0: <laughs> Sweet. Uh, my number thirteen. Um, pro- probably contender for runner up worst album title the public enemy did um muse sick in our mess age um from 1994 which you know music in our message but they wrote it muse sick in our our,
1: h-o-u-r mess age because they knew um, that almost 30 years down the line, two dickhead podcasters would have <laughs> to read it at a show. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we're not the first to, to, to say, why why
0: even write the album title that way? Anyway, so so this is their fifth album. But to me, this is the beginning of kind of a new era for the group. Because yeah. I think pr- prior to this, everything they did... at was to me absolute classic. And then all of a sudden with this album, even the way that it starts, because Public Enemy have been they they they're not they've been known for doing things like having a fucking intro track, you know, that mm. doesn't that just kind of leads up to something else. But it usually ends up leading up to a fucking banger that when it finally kicks in, you're like, oh shit, man. But in this one it's got an intro track and then another track that isn't an actual song. And it builds up and builds up. And then you get to the song Give It Up, which was like the single off the album. And it's the least public enemy sounding thing they'd ever done at the time. It's so mellow and lighthearted sounding. So there's this buildup on the album of you going to get ready for some fucking public enemy. Oh, all right. Okay. I guess, Okay. I guess I can group to this. All right. All right. And so it's really weird. Even though I've heard this album so many times, it still hits me as like, man, they could have done better with that with with put put that track later on in the album or something but it really doesn't like get a whole lot better because a lot of this album is uncharacteristically light for public enemy Mm. And, and and it doesn't and it once again it ends up being at 13 a little bit higher up because i do appreciate them coming at things from a different angle um but so I like the when they experiment with stuff, but I but I come to Public Enemy for some urgent sounding shit. And this mm. is the least urgent sounding album that they ever did. Um, and and Chuck sounds great on it, and there's still really great lyrics on this album, but sometimes I feel like the music doesn't actually support him very well. Like it's like, well, this track would be great if some sort of real light-hearted rapper was kind of doing something over it. But with Chuck, it just it feels a little bit like it doesn't quite fit. Um, this is the only album I can think of where a lot of the drums appear to be live drums.
1: Like yeah, it has a very uh, live sound to it, doesn't it? This yeah, album.
0: and maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's because they've all they were always a group up to that point that they were all they were all about samples, but not just that sampling like noisy shit that you would never like, they were the hip hop group. that were like, like, Oh, you remember that one part of that jazz song where the saxophonist hits a wrong note, play that over and over again. And that's the whole fucking beat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, so finally you're at this one where there's live drums and everything's kind of just like, yeah. And I'm like, I just remember it feeling kind of a little bit, not, not enough. Um, it just feels sometimes like somebody else's album with Chuck and Flav on top of it. But overall, it's a good hip hop album. I would just say it's not a a great Public Enemy album, and Mm. this this can be said for a lot of hip hop albums. It's too damn long. It is too long. It's like an hour and ten minutes or something
1: like that. That is like, come on, man. There's like twenty tracks on it, isn't there?
0: Something like like that. It is fucking long. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, but it's got some
0: great moments. It just doesn't have enough to make up for the ones that I think aren't as great and for the long ass running time. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it it gives me similar vibes to, to um, the previous album I talked about. No, not the previous one. Um, Yeah. Yeah. New world, new God damn it. New rural odor um, (laughs) where to me, it just feels a little bit uneven and could have been thought through a little bit better when it was made,
1: but you know, but I I don't know, but that when. title is gonna haunt you in your sleep tonight. You're gonna to be like, "New World Order."
0: Um, <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I'm gonna be like, my wife's gonna wake me up. Like, I think you were having a nightmare. I was like, "It's New World Order coming to get me." <laughs> um. Anyway, um. And so it's yeah, skipping the, on the one track that <laughs> fucking rap metal song. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So this one is like, like I like this album. Like i like I said before, you put this album on on its own, and it's a really great album. But comparatively speaking, it's like it's got doesn't have enough. It doesn't. It's not dangerous enough. It's not urgent enough.
1: And which, and, funnily enough, it it's got one of the most urgent looking covers they ever did. I mean, it's literally Agreed. a fucking skeleton with a gun to its own head with, you know, a couple forties in front of it, you know? Yeah. And it's,
0: I, I, I would agree.
1: And, and honestly, like that, if it's
0: well done, cause later on we'll get to another album they did that does have a lighter vibe to it. But for some reason for me, totally works. And this hmm. one, I just feel like it, it, the idea was good. It just wasn't, executed as well as I think that it should have been. So that's why music and our mess age is, uh, my number 13. This will be one of those instances where like, we're lucky enough to, we're like Chuck D tunes in to see what we're saying. And he's just like, fuck these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, Chuck. Man. We love you.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah, we do. Um, what was I going to say? I like, lo- I like that album more than you. I'm I'm, I'm not going to tell you how much, but, uh I I I liked it. Uh something tells what, me it will I'm? not
0: be in this episode. No. No. no, no,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> uh where am I at? Uh number 12. Where yeah?
0: where are you? I don't want to hear another dangling participle from you, sir.
1: <sighs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um e- yeah, 12 Evil 12. Empire of Everything. Yes. Evil Empire of Everything. All right yep uh it's a really cool album it's one of two that came out in 2012 yeah Yeah. they had the audacity to drop two pretty damn cool albums at the same time pretty much agree um so you get the evil empire of again short kind of intro track typical of hip-hop albums and uh then you get don't give up the fight has a catchy ass chorus in it uh peace has a heavy ass beat uh respect all this stuff rules man but like it had to go somewhere on this list like this album this is where we get into the real like okay i really fucking enjoyed this it just so happens there's like 12 of these now you know yeah and, and yeah. they all gotta you know we're we're approaching banger banger zone banger central uh beyond trayvon it you know it it's truly fucked that even ten years after this release, you know, racism is still such a huge problem. Um, you know, let I mean, alone- t-
0: t- I mean, I mean, think think of how long it's felt for black people. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> okay. it, exactly. You know, uh, so it, it, th-
0: that's that's the thing is that we, you know, every time you feel like you've made a step forward, it turns out that we really haven't, and you know, <laughs> it's yeah. unfortunate.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a bummer, um, but thankfully we have groups like public enemy that draw attention to this and, and for people willing to be open minded and listen yep you know un- unfortunately we're a rare breed but <laughs> you know yep. it, it, it's great that ba- the groups like this exist you know uh then you get uh dot 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 everything love the love the real chill feel on this one uh, 31 flavors, flavor, Flav. <laughs> I couldn't wait to do that. Uh, that's, a,
0: that's important to point out. Like, I, I mean, there might be some people listening who don't necessarily know public enemy very well, but the thing that they do know is flavor, Flav. Yeah. So what, like flavor, Flav has tracks where he is the main vocalist on every album, sometimes more mm-hmm. than one. Yes. But he's mostly just the guy backing up Chuck D. And um, and and it's interesting that he became so high profile to the point where I think some people may go to Public Enemy expecting it to be this crazy guy with clocks, and yeah. it's like, <laughs> and it's not. It's some heavy shit from from Professor Chuck, and um,
1: that's with the that's, crazy that's, clock guy backing him up.
0: Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> know. But uh, so yeah, so in this particular case, like you know, the, the, his songs work on these albums to me because they they give you a little bit of well sometimes his songs actually are kind of serious but he presents yeah. them in a way where it's it's deceptive cuz you think oh this is a fun ass track and if you look listen to the lyrics you go oh fu- fuck like yeah. you know, 9 911 is a joke it's not like the fun track that it sounds like <laughs> yeah, that- <laughs> and so and so it's great cuz it gives you a little another like another flavor of uh, uh. Um, of, uh, of uh, I guess, a point of view or a, or a presentation of certain things. But sometimes his tracks are a little more fun and I think that it does help the album kind of go down a little smoother sometimes.
1: Yeah, there there's this like certain dichotomy about Chuck D and Flave and the way they work together. And it's yeah. got this... It's almost... Uh, it's a really clever way to add a party vibe To very serious music yeah like is actually extremely clever to be able to have something that you know you can quote unquote shake your booty to you know with a with a guy hyping you up like yeah boy yeah and if you're in that kind of mood you can like tune into those parts but then if you sit down and like listen to the words you're like damn this this guy is he's spent some fucking truth. Well, like- I, I,
0: I, fe- I think that it makes sense for what they do, because if really, if you think about it, if you really want to make some kind of change in the world, the people that are going to stand out the most are the people making the most noise
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the people, you, you know, there's already going to be people on board with you because they believe the same things as you. But if you also present it in a, you know, where we we believe in something and we're fighting for something, but we're also going to make it a party. Yeah. Then you get more people on board with you, and so I think that that's it's just the it's the best way to do it. That's why I like all of the when it comes like I my favorite you know metal is always like political a like thrash metal that's political, and it's because like stuff like that and stuff like Public Enemy that has a lot of energy to it feels more like it's going to change something in the world than. Bob Dylan with a guitar singing something yeah. that some people can't even understand what he's fucking singing about. And I'm like, I mean, I realize that he has good intentions, but I'm not following Flavor Bob Dylan. Flav. <laughs> I'm not going to follow Bob Dylan in a march in order, to, but I will follow <laughs> Chuck D and Flavor Flav, you know, because so it's, it's just, it's just a really effective thing. One I think that's,
1: one is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, let's, let's, is alternate alternate is that, was that?
0: It's like, was that the worst Bob Dylan impression ever? Because like, it was really bad. I mean, I don't mean to call you
1: out, sir, but that was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's fun to do. It is a shitty impression, but it's fucking funny. <laughs> anyway, but my, oh. that was
0: my my point. Being is that it's it, it, it's their whole vibe that they have between the two of them and the way that they do it. I'm like. There's a reason why it still seems so effective. Um yeah. I think it's because of all of those all of those elements that are together. All right,
1: continue. Sure. Sorry. Uh where where was I? Riot started. Uh Tom Morello and Henry Rollins on the track. Fuck yeah, dude. Like
0: here's here's the thing though. When you when that's written down on paper, yeah. That sounds like it should be really fucking cool. And this song is just it's pretty good. And so, and it's the fact that like, it's got Henry Rollins on it, but yeah, he just talks for a couple seconds in the beginning of the song. And then the, the whole song overall, like could be way cooler considering that it's supposed, it has Tom Morello on guitar. I just, I just wanted it. I wanted like Henry to be on there doing, yeah, it just, it's, it's a, it's a little bit disappointing, but I like that they're there and I, you know, and, you put Henry Rollins on anything, and I'm going to be, you know, pretty into it. So,
1: it's also one of those things, especially with uh, Tom Morello, where it was going to happen at some point. Yeah, right? yeah. For it's one of those things that you know you you see Prophets of Rage, and you know, regardless of of what anyone thinks, you know, what their opinion is on Prophets of Rage, it was it was inevitable. What, knowing. They're, they're both very political groups. Yeah. Rap and, you know, hard rock and metal riffs go together very well. True. Sure. Uh, but yeah. Um, moving on. <laughs> so for those of you who
0: don't know, there is a group called Prophets of Rage that is everybody yes. from Rage Against the Machine except for Zack de la Roca, but also has Chuck D and uh, Be Real from uh Cypress Hill on vocals. And Hell they yeah. do public enemy style shit with with rapping over it. It's it's all right. It, I I mm. I wish that it was better, but I do enjoy it. So, yeah. Cool. Uh
1: where are we at? We got uh uh Notice. Know this. Obviously, it sounds more like Notice when you notice. say it with the with the more American inflection, I, I went really posh there for a second, being a Notice, notice yeah.
0: Let's everyone know that you have now been
1: notified. Bass, how low can you go? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I love when they bust out a beat that sounds like real old school and dirty. Like there's yeah. there's an old school vibe to notice. Uh, notice, they, see there's there's a lot of like tongue twister. Uh, it shouldn't be that hard to say in context, but yeah, Icebreaker is cool stuff. Fame, more cool stuff. Broke Diva is a fun song. And Say It Like It Really Is is a great closer. Evil Empire of Everything, cool shit. Hell yeah. Bam.
0: Um, yeah. Just put that on the poster. Cool shit. Hell yeah.
1: Cool shit. Hell yeah.
0: Um, Kick-ass... What was it? Kick-ass hip-hop done in a fuck-yeah way <laughs> yeah <laughs> um anyway my number 12 you've already talked about uh revolver from Ooh. 2002 third place for worst album title um you <laughs> know it it, it I, I know that I'm, I'm being a dick about it but i also look at that and i go revolution itself already has the already means to revolve but I'm guessing they're trying to put revolver like the gun in there with revolution and then making it revolver-lution. But there's just too, there's too much, too much to think about. (laughs) Revolution's happening. Um, So this album ends up being number 12, like, you know, above many others. um, Even though, like we talked about it earlier, it is a weird take on an album because it's old tracks, live tracks, remix tracks, some new ones, it's kind of a hodgepodge of all kinds of shit, mm. but that's why I like it because their, their point in making this album was rethinking the idea of an album as somebody's iTunes playlist, internet playlist, mm. which is not always going to be new track, new track, new track, new track, sometimes live track, sometimes old track, sometimes remix. It's just a, it's like the, the, a mixtape, if you will, for the internet. um, which was and very
1: innovative at the time. Not
0: you know? only that, the way that they did the remixes, they put the the bare separated tracks on the internet and they had fans remix the songs using the tracks on the internet. So oh, the, I believe the I believe the ones that are on this album were like the winners of the fans Holy remixing shit. their songs. So That's actually really cool. Yeah. So and and to me, the remixes are the best part of this album because they hmm. they chose they could have chosen. I'm sure there were some really obvious remixes where they just took "Welcome to the Terradome" and then put the "It Takes Two beat underneath it. it so like, yeah, yeah, woo, yeah, <laughs> woo. and then and that's just like g- 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 Bravo. Yeah, um, but <laughs> like there aren't they like pick, five million of them. <laughs> yeah, but they picked they picked like versions where it's, it's some odd ones in there. I'm like, that is really, you know, some that sound flat out industrial, you know? Mm. Um, so I like that about this. And, and overall, I like the fact that they just said, you know, why is an album got to be this one particular thing? We're not going to consider this a compilation. Although it's got a bunch of different things. It's got interviews, interludes, mm. you know, things like that. Um, now, the original tracks on here are good, but this album is following. There's a poison going on, which to me is a very good album. And so the tracks on here are not as good. So you got to take that into account in my opinion. Mm. Um, but the thing that I love about it is that, you know, it's clear, you know, this is 2002, but even, even further down the road, it's clear that they are never content with just doing the same old, same old. Yeah. Um, But The inclusion of live tracks on here, I have to point out my biggest critique of Public Enemy. And that is, I don't know if they do it anymore, but all the live tracks I've heard back in the day have this. They rap over the album version of the track with the vocal tracks still in it. Hmm. So you're constantly hearing two Chuck D's and two Flavor Flaves when they perform live. And I'm always just right. like, no, why? And <laughs> I, I get maybe, er, yeah. maybe early on, they they didn't think to make those, um, I can't remember what the name for it is. There's an actual name that, that rappers will use for those tracks. You, you mix the album version and then you mix a version with no vocals. So when you play live, that plays behind you, you rap over it. But maybe they just didn't have those at the time. But anyone that does that, that, that's gonna That takes a point off for me as a live act where I just go, why don't just don't you're just play to me that like, you're just playing an album and you're rapping over it. It's like, you know, it's like, I feel like the live, the whole live scenario should be very different from an album situation, but yeah, it is what it is. But that's my, that's my only really huge gripe about public enemy is I really wish that there was live stuff that existed that didn't just sound like that. All you know? Um, anyway, so the, the tracks that are on here that are live, you hear a lot of that doubled vocals of them rapping over the original vocals. So um, anyway, in the end, um, this album is kind of similar to Greatest Misses, which we'll get to talking about later. And so that's why eventually I said, well, let's just include Greatest Misses on here as well, because we're already yeah. including Revolution, which has a compilation type feel to it. Um, but this one to me is just not as like the new songs are not as good. And, you know, even, even the few good remixes on it, it's a, it's an interesting and, and enjoyable album, you know, experience, but overall, like I kind of wish parts of it were a little bit better. Um, so at the, in the end, I appreciate the intentions and it makes me enjoy the album because of that. Um, but like you've said, they did a whole lot of albums that were a lot better than this.
1: So my number 12 is revolver, Cool. So that brings me to my 11. Yeah. And that is most of my heroes still don't appear on no stamp. Hell yeah. Uh, I fucking cool. It's a fucking good album. Run till it's dark is a badass opener. Get up, stand up. Love that beat. Gives, Gives me the big time old school vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, title track. Most of my heroes still don't appear on those stamps. Once again, another old school style real return to that sort of zone. Love it. Uh, I shall not be moved. It Not once in this entire discography has Chuck not sounded like he means every single word he fucking says. The yep. dude has a commanding conviction to his delivery that you just can't help but you know, your ears, like, widen. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm going to listen to this guy. He knows what he's yeah. talking about. Um, Get it in. Flavor, fr- fl- Flavor Flav has a great part at the end of this song. Um, Hoover music, great chorus. You know, yeah. you've got the mic, the people, the so-called street cred, the radio, the TV, the world wide web. Fucking love it. Um, yeah. Catch the Throne. Love the beat here, very nice. RLTK. At the age I am now, if I can't teach, I shouldn't even open my mouth to speak. Like the, There's a lot of like great lines on this album in particular. If
0: we were going to be doing a a, a really great Chuck D lines, it would be like a five or six part, three hour each episode. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking about all the best Chuck D lines.
1: Yeah, it's it's like stuff like this makes me feel incredibly insecure about like any lyrics I've ever written ever oh, because I'm like yeah. I'm like well oh, fuck I should just quit <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not saying anything yeah. um, truth decay clever title uh, fast food uh, the beat in this track is fire uh, W T F what the fuck. Uh, badass Closer, love this track. This is an underrated album, and it it crushes me that I had to put it at 11, but simply put, there's just that much good stuff. Yeah. The, 2012 was a good year for these guys.
0: I agree. I agree. Well, I'm actually going to kind of meet up with you a little bit because my number 11 is The Evil Empire of Everything, which is the other album they released in 2012, and you've already talked about this album. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the the real reason why this one comes in at number 11 and not a, maybe a little bit higher is because of the other... Because the, the first album they put out was the Most of My Heroes Still Don't Appear on No Stamp. Mm. And then six months later, they released The Evil Empire of Everything. And that album is so good to me. Evil Empire of Everything had a lot to live up to, and it doesn't quite get there. Hmm. Um So, and it's their 12th album ish. So, and this is in 2012 and there's, they put out two albums in the same year, better quality than most rappers are doing in 2012. Um, But evil empire of everything, even though like it does have a kind of a more interesting album title and more like, oh let's fucking listen to this one the overall album is not as immediately engaging as the most of my heroes.
1: It's a bit more um, understated. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there are a few underwhelming tracks for the most part, but there's also some really, really fucking great ones. Um, one of the underwhelming ones to me is the, is riot started. Cause I just wanted it. When I first read that it was going to have Tom Morello and Henry Rollins, I really just wanted it to be to, I wanted it to blow my fucking mind and it, yeah. it's just good. It's a good song. Um, but yeah, and and I, I really, like, I don't have a lot to add from what you said about it because it is a really good album, but um, it's not as good. Like Chuck D referred to these two albums as as fraternal twins. And yeah. I really don't think, out of the two, this is the the lesser of the two. But I have to admit, this one is definitely a grower. So, and it is a really good example of taking an album on its own and listening to it. And then you're just going to be like, you know, why the fuck did Steven, why did they put it in the second half? It's a really fucking good album. And that's only because public enemy put out some of the most classic hip hop albums ever made that we haven't even gotten to yet. <laughs> and so <Yeah. laughs> when you get to evil empire of everything, it's like, this album's great, but unfortunately they, uh, they did a lot better. Um, so yeah, I just think that like comparatively speaking, if you put out two albums in a year and one of them is fucking killer and the other one is pretty damn good. Then obviously the pretty damn good one goes a little bit lower. And that is the evil empire of everything bringing in, bringing us to the top 10.
1: Hell yeah. Because I would say from here on in, it's just bangers like this, this. Yeah, I would agree. This, this is the essential 10, you know, for those who want, uh, who want, yeah, yeah, uh, who want the essential ten? Yeah, I there.
0: think from from this point on, I don't think I have any actual gripes about anything for ten albums. Yeah, <laughs> <So>.
1: yeah. It, <laughs> and e- even if we do, we are nitpicking for the sake of content. So yeah, yeah. Um, so we got number ten. Uh, what are you gonna do when the grid goes down?
0: What you gonna do, do when, when the, the grid, grid goes, goes down?
1: down? Yeah. Yeah. This this album again features a few songs from Nothing Is Quick on it. And it's again similar artwork too. That was a very clear creative choice to tie the two together. Yeah. Um, and to, just just so, yeah. to bring
0: that up, I'm for the for the people watching at home, maybe I'll put them both up and you can see that you know, nothing's quick in the desert, the 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 images from the daytime. And, you know, it's got all of the TVs and, and record players and whatever sitting in the desert with a smashed, yeah. you know, screen on one of them. And then you go to what you're going to do when the grid goes down. It's the same image, but it, instead of it being at dawn, it's at dusk. Like it's the sun's going, the sun's gone down. And yeah. you're now on a, if I, are you, is it on a road now, if I remember
1: right, and not in the desert? I'm, I'm going to look. I'm going to look this up right now. I think and it's actually, also, is it a different desert too? Well, cause um, I think now there's, now there's
0: telephone poles and one of them is on fire on this, on this one. So it's like the similar image from the desert. Only this one has been put, I believe in a road.
1: And oh, it's got actually the telephone poles. Well, nothing is quick in the desert. It's just a bunch of sand dunes. And then you get what you got to do when your grid goes down. And that's, I think that's in a much more distinctly American-looking desert than. It's not on a road because there's telephone poles. There's telephone poles, but no road. It's okay. like more of a. I would was that wrong be about considered? That. Would that be considered a mesa? A mesa. I, a I mesa? I'm not. Like there's there's. There's like kind of flat-looking rock formation, mountain things. Could
0: be, but um, but yeah, there's telephone poles. One of them's on fire it's a, it's dark outside. There's more shit that's smashed um, yeah. in the, in the image. And so like there, so yeah, there was a conscious decision to take that image and turn it into a darker version of that. And so um, it's interesting. Anyway, for those of you listening to this as a podcast, I apologize. Hopefully our description um, was good for the whole theater of the mind kind of thing, but you know, you can also pull it up on the internet and look for yourself. <laughs>
1: It's also actually, I'm I'm gonna be real with you. This is one of the coolest album covers I've seen in a long time. It's a great album cover. I like it. I really do. It's got a really cool vibe to it. Um, yeah. but yeah, where was I? Uh, blah, blah, blah. cool. When the grid goes down, George Clinton uh hypes us up for this bad boy. Then you get Grid, Cypress Hill joins in, uh, and I'm all for it. Um, there's a lot, the lot of Union. fucking classic. There's a
0: lot of classic. <laughs> Guests on this album,
1: yeah, this is like feature central right here. If you want a yeah. lot of different vocals on here, this is this is the one. Uh State of the Union, shut the shut fuck the up, shut the fuck up. Sorry, Sorry ass, ass, motherfucker. ass motherfucker, stay away from stay me. Stay away from me. <laughs> I, I love Flav, man. It, whenever he talks, it is just, it's, it's good times. Even when yeah. you know he's being serious, but the dude just has a way of just making everything's something you can party to at the same time yeah Uh, murica mirror uh, as a short little statement uh public enemy number one but spelt as in one as in we won yeah uh like a like a race uh a, a redone callback to the track from their debut featuring mike d ad rock and run dmc this is the sort of re-recording we like. I yeah wanna make it I want to make it very clear you know you add some more people on board you know you, you've still got the beat there but it's 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 done up. I mean there's know? there's
0: two there's two of those on here and they're both done in a more of a reimagining way than a re mm-hmm. recording way because if it was just Chuck and Flave redoing the same song, then that would be kind of boring but you yeah know, it's they're both they're both very well done
1: and i'll talk about a, f- a funny funny little moment i had in the car listening to this album because i'll i'll, I'll get to it uh, okay toxic has this like slow nasty feel to it but chuck manages to like do some quick little rhymey bits here and there and it's like oh oh he made that fit oh yeah nice uh, yesterday man again riff uh, Crossroads Burning is another little statement. Then you get Fight the Power 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking killer modernized version of an already classic song. Yeah. Um, 30 years on, it still hits just as hard, if if not even harder. Um, but like, here's the thing, right? I didn't know it was the remix version when I was hear- hearing it. I had unknowingly, I got in the car and I had the intention of listening to, um, what's that fucking second album called? Uh, It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. That's the one I, I put on that album at the start, but I didn't realize that I had all of public enemy in the playlist at at the time. I hadn't deleted anything out of it yet. Mm -hmm. And I had it on shuffle unknowingly. And then all of a sudden Fight the Power comes on and I'm like, oh, Fight the Power. This is a fucking classic. And then, you know, the year is 2020. And he comes in <laughs> and I thought, holy fuck, they predicted this shit because I thought it was the original. <laughs> I, for- yeah. I, I, I was like, what? <laughs> Did they know some like crazy shit was going to kick off in 2020? Uh, um, Obviously then, <clears throat> pardon me, sorry. Obviously then I realized, God, what the fuck? Every, so, everybody take a drink of water. Where, it's, yeah, here we go. For just three pounds a month, you can pledge to Eddie so that he has plenty of glasses of water on standby. Um, <laughs> but yeah, where was I? Fight the Power 2020. That was my yeah. fun little story. It kicks ass. Um, beat them! Oh, hell yeah. Uh, smash the crowd. Love me some iced tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can't join them, beat them quick little callback to be them all uh, go at it I, I i went through that pretty pretty quick because those songs we've already talked about yeah uh, go at it it's and riffage love it uh, you just so- go at it
0: i love the way he says that in that song it's fucking great
1: <laughs> it's a great it, this is a great album and it's awesome that this late in their career they're still putting out killer stuff yeah uh, rest, rest in beats again again on and on and on, on i just put uh rip black cat heartfelt song from flavor flav and uh, a short closing little statement i am black uh well i'm not but, <laughs> you <know. laughs> uh, really uh, yeah. you got me fooled yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah that is my number 10 we're in the we're in the top 10 zone awesome Maybe everybody yours.
0: take a shot because that's also my number 10 um, what you're going to do when the grid goes down from 2020 um, so just to, to put it into perspective this is my number 10 album of Public Enemy but this was in my top 10 of albums from 2020 so mm. this is an album that I really really like Agreed. and as we already talked about it like you know it's 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 got remixed, re-recorded or just repurposed tracks from Nothing Is Quick in the Desert and I honestly think maybe it's because prior to this, it was many, many albums that they were not on Def Jam, and now they're back on Def Jam. So maybe it was sort of a, this album's going to have a wide release on Def Jam. There were some really strong tracks on this one that we only put out on Bandcamp or whatever. Maybe throw some of those on this, repurpose it make it into this new thing. Because honestly, the... The whole vibe of the album is that it, it the presentation is kind of like a, a a celebration of the past and the present and looking forward to the future. It's like a statement. The overall statement of like, we're, we're public enemy. We've been doing this shit since the 80s. We're still doing yeah. it now and and you know what uh, ain't a damn thing changed really you know and so um mm-hmm. that's kind of the whole vibe i get from it and there's also a couple tracks on this album where um halfway through the song it, the song will completely change and be yeah. just as fucking cool as the first half of the song it's almost like two two <laughs> badass songs in one and so i love that i love the classic guests on on this album Overall it's really strong. Now if when they follow this up, if they do, I mean there's no telling. I wouldn't want them to do something like this again. Like please give us all originals and please maybe make it a more focused public enemy album. Um just because like I feel like they we need that. I feel like that they're they're uh yeah. There needs to be a fucking statement album that's very direct coming from them especially these days because you know it's like you know we're it it, over here in America shit's not I mean I, I realize that shit's worse in other parts of the world but um relatively speaking in our in in our country it's not it's not great sometimes we need we need some people to make some noise um and so uh Public Enemy would be you know one of the groups I would want to do that anyway but I love this album I think it's one of the strongest they've done in years. And, um, yeah, I don't have a lot to add from what you said, but it's nice. We had a little matchup there at number 10. Um, and then we get to move on to the last album of this episode. We're going to wrap up the first half, the lower half of our public enemy ranking with our number nines. And so, um, I guess we're still in, we're, you know, we've already entered banger central, um, yeah. So let's just continue with your the number nine banger.
1: Let's fucking go, cause my number nine is there's a poison going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a a very different album and kind of a wild card from them. Yeah. Coming off of the very uh, soulful, uh, he got game soundtrack. Uh huh they go, like, the complete opposite to where they... It's it, It's not even like they went back to what they were doing before. The production is really sparse and spooky. And th- th- yeah, there
0: are some moments that are flat-out psychedelic to me on this yeah. album.
1: This album is hella underrated, I yeah, would say, because it is... Holy shit, I'm, I'm going to get right to it. Dark Side of the Wall, yeah, you know, intro kind of track, and then Do You Want to Go Our Way has a catchy chorus to it. LSD, like we've we've already had Dark Side of the Wall and LSD, so yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a psychedelic <laughs> Give kind Give you of an thing. idea where they're going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of swaggering hip hop. It's very uh drum oriented. This yeah. album as well, like that's gonna be the most prominent part of any beat in particular on this album. There's not... The beats aren't very busy. They're very direct, but the drums are very prominent. Yeah. Um, Yeah, 4119, love the aggressiveness of this one. Crash, the piano in that beat is so simple, simple but cool. Like, the album has this, like, dark aura that no other... I I love when there's this like wild card album in a group's discography where it's like that's the only one that sounds like that. Yeah, and but like um, I said,
0: like you know, it's a, they when I love it when bands do things that are a little bit different. But like in certain cases, like it, it they nail it, and then this one they do like it's just mm. it's a totally different vibe, but it's really fascinating to me.
1: Yeah, uh, Crayola has a cool vibe to it. First, the sheep, next, the shepherd. Me likey. Mm-hmm. Uh, World Tour Sessions has a real cheeky feel to that, like little melody going on. Again, I really like the sparse beats and spooky dark vibe on this album. Um, last Mass of the Cabala Rose. Uh, Cabala Rose? How did I say that right? Did I do it? Did sounds do right it? to me. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sneaky feel to it. Um, I. Uh, I love the interplay between <laughs> Chuck and Flair. Yeah. Um, what, what is, you know, I put what tune. <laughs> uh tune. Kevorkian. Oh no, it's Dr. Death. Uh, and then finally closing out with uh, Swindler's Lust as Cool Closer. This album, their last of the 1990s, it came out in 1999. Coming off of he got game and then doing this, you know, talk about bold creative leaps. Yeah. Because they they didn't they they didn't go back to doing like the dark aggressive hip hop they were doing. They leapt over to a completely different dark hip hop thing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that you know there's parts of it that sound very nineteen ninety nine. Sure. But in a cool way. So, yeah. It's, it's aged well. This is an example of, of a 1999 album that has aged very well.
0: I, I, like I agree. It. So so much so that I'm not going to talk about it in this episode. Um, mm. Funny enough, though, my number nine is the only, only album that I would consider be, to be part of their classic group of albums that made it to the bottom half um my number nine is greatest misses from 1992 okay and really the only reason i put it i i felt that it had to top the lower half but i feel like eh, i don't think it can be in the top half because they did so many great albums and this one is half original half remixes yeah and when it came out like it was a big deal for me i I was full-fledged Public Enemy fan and then this came out and I was really into this album because honestly at this point I think about half of the new tracks on this album to me are absolute classics like if mm-hmm. I was going to make a mix of the, what the classic Public Enemy sound was and the, the, the best songs they did in that era, there would be a few from this that would be on there and yeah. um, it's just a really enjoyable album and, and you know it's, we we end up including it because it, it's it's considered a compilation because it's got remixes of classic tracks. But like we said, if Revolver Evolution is considered an album, I would consider Greatest Misses also an album, and it's way more enjoyable than Revolver Um But yeah, the the and it's and it's and it's cool because it's like a half and half kind of thing. You get the first half is all new, second half is remixes of classic songs, and they're all really great remixes. Um, there's not really a whole lot to say about this album because coming from Apocalypse 91 the the vibe of that album is kind of continued on these tracks it's not anything really different it's just still really good songs yeah and then some remixes um so overall like I I wouldn't call this a top half album for Public Enemy but um it is one of my favorites and it so it had to it had to at least top this episode so um Greatest Misses is my number nine, and cool. that uh, that brings us to the to the end. I feel like we were more focused in this episode than we have been because we have a lot to fit in. Even though this is a two parter,
1: <laughs> we got we
0: got a lot to fit in.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. This has been because because uh, I've only ever really known the hits from Public Enemy. I've never like oh okay. I a- actually listened to like full albums of theirs and yeah. Again, this is, this is becoming a bit of a trend with this season of Cranked and Ranked, where I'm just doing massive fucking deep dives into bands I should have done a long time ago, and and yeah, but yeah, this is a pretty unfuckwithable discography. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I I agree.
0: Especially then, our next episode is just going to be all kinds of withable.
1: Um, I mean, we've pretty, we, we've praised at least the second half of this episode pretty heavily. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're just going to start next episode by just cutting each other off to just sing parts of songs. (laughs) Yeah, probably. 100%. Um, That's going to happen so much. I'm going to
0: probably not rap because, um, it might be, (laughs) it might be a little bit embarrassing. Um, but anyway. I'm not promising anything. Maybe I will rap. Maybe there'll be some rapping going on. Um, anyway, so that,
1: uh, I'm all for it.
0: (laughs) That, uh, that wraps up, uh, the first half of the public enemy album ranking. And, uh, um, um, we'll be coming back next week with the second half. Um, and you know, and on and on and on, we'll be on and on and on. We'll be, uh, we'll be heading into, to doing other shit, but, um, For those of you who are here, Peanut Butter Platypus, um, some of you I know um, always stick with us even when we do artists you're not really interested in. And I would say because we're getting into hip-hop here, this is probably, you know, a lot of our listeners are metal fans. And um, maybe maybe this isn't your cup of tea. And so if it isn't and you still stuck around anyway, then uh, we really appreciate it. And um, hopefully you'll stick around for the next episode too because it's, and maybe we'll turn you on to a few albums because, you know, it's like, yeah. They're 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 clear a classic hip hop group for a reason, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so yeah that's that's uh, that's the end of this uh, part one. Do you have anything to add before we get the fuck out of here?
1: Should we make a like playlist of uh, all of the songs that they sampled from like metal bands and stuff like that? Should we make like a a a metal public enemy playlist? I well, they, I don't, th- I don't
0: th- think there's that there's many. Enough- ma- ma- we should probably look for actual all the, all the artists that did. Cause
1: yeah, like, let's do that. Let's let's all make the hip like,
0: hop artists that, that sampled metal back in the day. We could probably put together a pretty good playlist of that.
1: Yeah. That sounds fun. Nice. That would be fun.
0: Cool. All right. Well, on that note, um, we're going to let you guys get the fuck out of here. We're going to get the fuck out of here, but we'll be back next week um, with part two. And I'm um, as usual, I'm, I'm, I'm always, I always look forward to these. This is like the best part of the whole episode, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to throw it over to my lovely co-host Eddie Sparks to take us out.
1: Later, dude. That was, yeah, that was cool. boy. <laughs>